there, I'm Andy Lockmeers, and welcome to German New Medicine Made Easy. This is your one-stop shop for physical, mental, and behavioral answers. Today I'm sharing information about the coronavirus from a German New Medicine perspective. You can listen to this as a podcast. You can watch me recording this as, an, as a video on YouTube, and you can read the transcription below or read it as a blog on andylockmeers.com. And if you're not familiar with German New Medicine, I'm going to refer you to the very first podcast, very first episode called What is German New Medicine? Because it will give you the basis to understand this episode. Let's start with what is the coronavirus? Well, it's nothing new. It kind of sounds like it's a new thing, but it's not. It was first isolated in 1937 from bronchitis in birds. It was first found in humans in the 1960s. There are seven different kinds of it currently. If you remember SARS and MERS, they are both adaptations of what they believe is the coronavirus. Now I want to point out that there is controversy in the medical field itself about the existence of viruses. So anytime I say virus, I'm always, always going to say if they exist. And from a GNM perspective, viruses assist in cell replenishment in the healing phase. Now let's uh, let's look at what's an epidemic from a GNM perspective, since this is considered more of an epidemic. An epidemic is when a group of people experience the same or similar conflict shocks around the same time, and it gets resolved around the same time, so they all go into the healing phase around the same time. This would be how it starts. There's another circumstance that occurs when it starts to spread, and I'll talk about that soon. So the first thing we do is determine the conflict shock to see what occurred in that particular area. What got them so upset that it started a biological program in many people's bodies? Well, with the internet these days, it's super easy to kind of figure that out. So I, with a, quick, a couple of quick searches, I found that in Wuhan, China, which is where the, the virus, uh, the symptoms began, First know that Wuhan is the largest city in central China. There are 11 million people there. The first symptoms started around December and they were reported on late December and they became more publicized in January. We always have to you know, look at the timeline. And so we have to look before that to see what was the conflict shock. And as it turns out, the Wuhan area had a pretty major conflict that started small around June and it escalated in July of 2019. So tracing this back, their conflicts may have even begun when the government put in a landfill in their area in 2007. And within five years, it exceeded capacity. So that was 2012. The air quality was already very poor in the region. The groundwater had been polluted for a decade. And now they wanted to have a, a dirt landfill adding to the issues, which they did 2007. It was at capacity in 2012. So this is a mess. Residents have not been happy campers or healthy campers for quite a while there. So the government decided to build a waste incinerator power plant in this region. And the 400,000 residents in this 
particular area of the city, when they first learned about this, that was about mid-June of 2019, they started to organize a petition about it. 20 people were instantly arrested for posting it on social media. So then 10,000 people show up from their apartments nearby in this industrial area and they had a massive street protest in early July. It was a very spontaneous action by the local people. They were angry that their local officials were ignoring their health concerns. So the government sent out a thousand of the riot police to beat up these folks and to detain some of them. And there were a large number of injuries reported. One resident said that it was unacceptable to build a waste incinerator in a densely populated residential area, that it was too harmful for the people's lives, for their health. So this was really concerning and upsetting for these folks. And what's interesting is I saw a person who asked a hypothetical question of what government really speaks up for the people? And he said, none of them do. And that sentiment was very common for many of these residents. The government doesn't care about us. They doesn't care about our health. And we'll see why this is important in a few minutes. So after the protests, the government feared the Wuhan protesters would communicate with the anti-extradition protests that were in Hong Kong. And they're thinking, oh, we're going to have protests after protests. It's going to swell. So that wasn't good for the Chinese government. So they cut off, they blocked all the cell phone signals in Wuhan right after this happened. They're angry, they're upset, their health isn't great anyway from all the pollution, and now they can't even communicate. The local government, the district government there, had responded to the protests at that point saying it would consult more widely with local people and we won't go ahead with this project until everyone consents. Well, the residents didn't believe them. This was like in July after the outburst, after the protest. They didn't have any faith in the authorities because they'd already tried this stunt a year previous with the former administration in the government. They were going to put in this incinerator project and there were protests and so the government said, okay, we won't do that. Well, six months later, government change, changes and then they decided again, oh, we're gonna start this plan again. So people thought it was resolved and it was brought back the next year. No wonder they didn't trust their government. They didn't believe that government officials would do the right thing for the local people. So let's recap. This is an area, densely populated residential area. They had been living with poor air and poor water quality due to this overfilled local landfill. And the government wanted to build an incinerator. Lots of riots occurred, 10,000 people in a protest. People were arrested, they were beaten. Their cell phone signals were blocked so they couldn't communicate with other parts of China. Okay, that's a lot and that's huge and that's for this whole area. So let's look at the coronavirus illness from a GNM perspective. And to do that, we have to look at the symptoms. Saying that you have a virus doesn't mean anything, especially if viruses don't exist, other than it's a cerebral cortex biological program that is running because the viruses, if they exist, would assist in cell replenishment of a cerebral cortex program, like I have already mentioned, and ultimately that is not super helpful information. 
So we have to really look at the body part and the symptoms in order to figure this out. According to the CDC, the symptoms of those who have died are fever, cough, shortness of breath, and in severe cases, pneumonia. We know a fever is present in a lot of healing phases, so that's how we know the conflict has been resolved because you have fever in the first phase of the healing phase. So that's nothing new, that's just data. But coughing, shortness of breath, and pneumonia, here we go. For men, this issue is a territorial fear conflict. They were afraid to have an incinerator built in their town, adding to the toxic waste they were living in, because they believed it would further degrade their health. And they felt like the government didn't care about them, like the government had betrayed them and abandoned them. Territorial fear conflict for men, for women it was a scare-fright conflict. What's interesting is that as of February 2nd, 71% of the people with the coronavirus were male. So more men were affected than women. During the conflict active phase of a territorial fear conflict or a scare-fright conflict, there is ulceration for, for, this is for the men, it will be in the bronchioles. For women, it will be in laryngeal mucosa, but for the men, it's the bronchial mucosa. And there's ulceration, so there's cell loss. We're losing cells in our bronchioles. The purpose of that is to widen the bronchial passages so we can get more air into the lungs, so we can better survive this conflict so we can breathe because breathing is very, very important for humans, for any animal, any living being. There are no symptoms in the conflict active phase. So when they were upset in July and August, even September, maybe it starts to downgrade, September, October, November, there was still cell loss going on until it got resolved. And in the healing phase, that started around December from what I can figure and that's when we have cell replenishment. And that's when the viruses, if they exist, would have gone to work helping our bodies to recover from the cell loss. And of course, this is what we call bronchitis. All right. So this is all well and good, but most people don't die from bronchitis. And as of this, as, as of when I'm recording this, about 420 of people have already died. So this is where it gets very fascinating because the people are dying from pneumonia. Now, from a GNM perspective, what is pneumonia? Well, it's bronchitis with a second and additional program that's also running called the kidney collecting tubule program. We call it the syndrome when it occurs in the healing phase of another program. So let me back up. We have a healing phase of one program if the kidney collecting tubule program begins because of the conflict shock, then we have a second program running. And the shock for that is an abandonment or existence conflict. We're abandoned, it's how are we going to survive you know, this additional um, incinerator in our environment, in our community. This is what occurred for them. What happens is the kidney collecting tubules increase the fluid retention in the body, in the in that healing phase. So the bronchioles have cell loss in the conflict active phase. Now it's the healing phase, there's cell replenishment. So there's already swelling, pain, swelling, inflammation. But now we have the kidney program running as well because of the abandonment existence. And now there's more water retention in that area. 
you can see how that would make the bronchitis much more complicated and severe. And in the healing phase, the epicrisis would be too severe for them to survive. And that's how you die from what we call pneumonia. So pneumonia from a GNM perspective is bronchitis with the syndrome, which is the kidney collecting tubule program also running. Much more complicated. And that's what's happening in China. Now, as we know, it has spread beyond China, right? It has, quote, spread. So what's happening there? So if you lived in Wuhan during July and August, and so when the protests were going on and all of this, then you would have ex had that same conflict shock. And if you then traveled to another place in whenever the healing phase started, in this case, December, January, you would have gone into your healing phase at the same time as well. Not everybody has been to Wuhan, China, I believe. And so what happens is fear because we think this spreads. We think we're going to catch someone else's healing phase. And of course that's impossible. But we do think it, it's caused by something and we think that we can catch that in our body. So this fear, remember it's a territorial fear conflict or a scare fright conflict. This fear starts this program in people who have never been to the Wuhan province, to that area. Now, as of this writing, 78% of the people that are in the healing phase are in this province in China. So it's fairly contained and that would be normal. Most people, you know, will be there where the original conflict happened, but everyone else, it, it's happening because of fear uh, or because maybe they had a similar conflict shock in their area around the same time and went into the healing phase in their area as well. Nothing is spreading. People are simply going into healing phases. And if there's a lot of fear about the healing phase, that can start the program and thus you will then have that same healing phase. So what can you do? Well, learn German new medicine, try to stay out of fear and be smart. Be GNM smart about the choices that you make and how you live your life. I hope this has been helpful. Thank you so much for joining me. I would love to hear from you. So what would you like me to discuss on this podcast? Leave me a note, drop me a line. I'd love to hear. Check out my websites that are listed below in the show notes and I'll see you next time.